The opinions expressed in the following podcast are for general informational purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security or investment product. It is only intended to provide education and entertainment about the financial industry and the stock market. Enjoy. On this episode of Pennies Going In Raw, we discuss meme stocks to come back. Elon Musk tweets about Bitcoin and the altcoin revolution. Hey, yo, check one, two. This is Flavor Flav in the building for the Atlas crew. Atlas trading, what the fuck is up? They're traders, they're prodigies, and then there's legends. Rob, 4%, baby. No way. 4% fucking percent. Buy the fucking dip. Hey, who told me about IDEX? Like, dude, what the fuck? Like, someone just made, like, a lot more money than me on my trade. You find out, likes this game of pennies. Did you check the portfolio? Pennies. 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 The margin for error is so small. I bet Warren Buffett never did that. And they out there making money right now off of penny stocks. Them two guys is putting their work to make y'all rich. The pennies we need are everywhere around us. Time to think big! Pennies going in raw. Featuring Dan, Deity It Dips, and Hugh Honey. Produced by Vinny Strokes, baby. Today's episode of Pennies Going In Raw is brought to you by Benzinga. Benzinga is our absolute favorite resource to use to trade with. We use it for charts and news and scanners look guys we use it for everything except for buying and selling stocks i mean that's all there is to it and if you're not using benzinga pro which you can get for two weeks free at pro.benzinga.com that's pro.benzinga.com you should at least be checking out their youtube channel every single day youtube.com forward slash Benzinga. They have Hot Stocks Luke's and a just plethora of fantastic guests from me and Hugh to Mia Khalifa to Ripster to CEOs of companies to CEOs of Weeble. They have it all, guys. Make sure you check it out. That's youtube.com forward slash Benzinga. Welcome back to another episode of Pennies Going In Raw. Today is Wednesday, May the 19th. And, you know, these past few days have, have not been bad. I mean, you're seeing kind of swings start to pop up a little more. But more notably, you're kind of seeing these meme stocks make kind of a, a comeback as well. You know, the GME, the AMC. And and although they kind of died off towards the end of the day, do you think that this is sort of money coming out of crypto and into this? Yeah, so I definitely think that everyone tries to find the, the shiny thing. That's one of the things that we always talk about is that finding the shiny thing before everyone else does. And I think with especially Dave Portnoy going long safe moon, you know, and it really not doing anything, I think 
like the crypto nonsense is over. And the other thing that, you know, I kind of use like social sentiment with my friends is that they were like, holy hell, like all this is so expensive to sell, you know, being like the different fees and stuff associated with crypto. So, you know, or even like Coops, you know, Tommy Cooperman, you know, we saw him down in Houston. He was saying they lost like 500 bucks out of nowhere. He just doesn't know where it went. Yeah. And one of our friends, Joy, she put in, I think, five grand onto a website called Kraken. And it's just been MIA and it's been over a month, you know, but obviously, I mean, that we're, we're, we're only just talking about negatives of crypto right now. But yeah, with Dave Portnoy going on SafeMoon and nothing happening, I mean, doesn't SafeMoon take like a couple days to get? Don't you have to get like another coin to buy it? So maybe it's a it's a delayed reaction for the, the Portnoy effect. We're recording this on Tuesday. Maybe we'll see it by the time this episode comes out or maybe it, it'll drop. But, you know, these... These altcoins that have been going like 800% on low volume, you'd think they're still going to keep hitting? Yeah, you know, it'll be interesting. It'll be really interesting to see what exactly happens. I think that we still could have like a few hit. I know like the FU Elon Musk or something went like 50 times. I know Willie Meat Sauce made good money on that. But I think like we'll see like a little bit here and there. But I really think that because of the fees that associated with it, it's not like you just want to throw you know, $50 in there. It's also not like you could just open up an account. Like you were saying, you have to buy other coins. And that's like, like, it's like one of those things where like you're sitting there with your boys and like, you're like, yeah, screw it. Like, let me just open up this account and buy $500. Yeah. It's a lot easier to just throw in the money at a stock or, or on Dogecoin, you know, is, is on Robinhood. It's right there. It's right available. As opposed to these where you have to download these apps and go through all these twists and turns. You know, people don't want to go through all all these weird loopholes just to to get what you're saying to get. But, you know, these, these obviously could be decent long-term holds or even swing plays. I mean, I, I see no issue with uh, if you've got extra money, maybe throwing $500 in a few of them and, and hoping for the best, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, I also think that one of the bigger things that we're going to see is that my thesis has kind of changed a little bit to I think that spy needs kind of a short-term pullback sub 400 mm. and i think the chart is screaming this and i think that you can kind of see like at like especially today you know tuesday we're recording this on tuesday may 18th you see the algo selling into the bid into close and i think that this is actually really good for penny stocks and and specifically one of the things that gets hit first when the market's getting hit is growth and then what get and then inside growth what gets hit is the most speculative, which is going to be like, you know, your bios. And so I actually think that this time, this is really good for bios because I think that the market's going to take a short-term dip. I really think that's going to be between 380 and 390. That's where we're going to find support. But I think that we need a short-term pullback. And I think that this is going to heat up some of the pennies, not like, you know, four or 500 percenters, but I do think that all it's going to take, especially as we go into ASCO, which is in a month, you know, we know like ONTX is up 50% on the last two weeks. You know, some of the other ones are starting around. Sava was thrown around. OGEN, OCGN has been a juggernaut. You know, things of that nature. I think that bios could potentially ignite penny stocks again for the summer. And I think that this, that, you know, going to June, this is, that's like my highest watch is going to be those bios that are trading right around cash because those got hit the hardest. And now that, yeah, and there so many of them bottomed out as well. So many bottomed too. out, exactly. And, uh, and they're down, you know, 60, 
And now that with SPY getting hit, I think people are going to flee to the penny stocks. And I think that uh, I, I think that's my thesis right now is that short-term pain inside SPY, people flee to penny stocks and more specifically to bios. Yeah. Leaving, leaving large caps in general, more volume to penny stocks and also leaving crypto. You know, seeing a lot of people leave, leave, uh, leave the small cap area and go just trade crypto because, I mean, the past couple months, it, it's been definitely more lucrative. But going back to the whole meme market thing that I think is, is funny as hell, everyone was just always saying, like, we're ready for this, this meme market to end. But now, now that it's back, we're like, well, shit, we haven't been able to play very much in the past two months, so we'll take this. You know, I, I'm not sure if this is going to be continued as long as it was last time, but we are seeing like GME on like a steady grind. So I don't know if this is just retail traders finally trying to get back for the past few months or just the amount of people that are now back in, you know, just the retail trading market of stocks instead of just spread out of across like, Large caps, crypto, small caps, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. I mean, last year will definitely go down as the biggest anomaly in, in literally forever, in my opinion, inside the market. I, it, so many crazy, insane things happen. Like things that happen once a year, we're like, damn, that's crazy. Hap- we're happening like every two weeks. But I really think that the, the, the sentiment has shifted that people understand that they can make, you know, five, 600 bucks extra a week on the side trading the market and that it's really not like this big, you know, trumped up thing that like, you know, seems ridiculously hard and, you know, things of that nature. And and I think that that's what we've really seen inside the past really year. But I think it's exciting, you know? People always talk about the, the seasons of trading and how different things happen in different, you know, ways. How it's usually, you know, what what is it? Uh, go away in May, but now it's you know buying. What all is different about this year's seasons? And is this usually where bios heat up, or is that usually later? And it's just it's just we're on a different we're on a different time frame this year. The groundhog, you know, he decided he was just going to stay in the hole for six months this time. Yeah. So the first thing that I get really excited about with with why I'm excited for bios right now is that usually the biggest one of the biggest bio conferences is the jp morgan conference i think it's in like february maybe late february um and that's when we see tons of acquisitions that's when we see tons of licensing deals things of that nature this year there was only three acquisitions and this year was one of the most pent-up years like i've seen in like a very long time so for there to be an underwhelming amount of acquisitions and news and things of that nature only gets me excited because now it's like okay you know if only if if they were only doing about 30% of the normal volume, then that means that all the other, uh, you know, bio conferences and big catalyst things have so much more pent up, uh, you know, like building around them. And that's why ASCO is what I'm really excited for. Uh, ASCO is for oncology. And what we've seen inside the last two years has been a huge shift towards early stage oncology, small caps being bought out at huge premiums where they're only inside clinical, like first first stage, stage one clinical trial, you know, things of that nature. And so with very little acquisitions happening at JP Morgan conference, this is when I really see ASCO can really ignite the bios. And if the bios ignite, then it's only going to, I mean, if bios ignite, then the entire penny market will ignite. Because again, 
growth, when you break down growth, the most speculative in growth is going to be your bios. So if the considered highest speculative risk goes nuts, then everything else is going to go with it. And that's where I think that, you know, we can really see a really good bounce back in a lot of these names. ONTX today alone was insane. I remember looking at that like 60 cents, like, come on, this is a steal. And now, you know, I'm looking at 110 after hours. When you're playing these bios, is are you always playing for just phase three data? What all are the different things that you could play bio stocks for and which seem to be the most lucrative and which are the most risky? Because I know, you know, there's always that saying, don't hold through phase three data. You know, just play the run up. But what other ways can you play bio stocks aside from just different types of data? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the one of the things that I love playing is product drops by them. So uh, one that always comes to mind that, you know, kind of screwed us was that GHSI, which is how you and I first started talking. Um, and I was expecting this huge product drop and they were taking pre-sales for it. And apparently they had like a like a staffing team of 52 people and it was super excited, you know, all this nonsense. And then they dropped it Friday, like 2 p.m. And they only had about 200,000 in revenue for the pre-sales. And I was like, God, this was so un underwhelming. But if you look through enough filings and, you know, I, everything inside Bioland takes long, but if you know that, you know, a product got FDA approval and it's going to drop, that always gives the stock a pretty good pop, especially if they take pre-orders. Um, because if they take pre-orders and they say, okay, we're expecting, you know, we're expecting a good amount of pre-orders, uh, you know, then, and you know the date that it's dropping or they say late 3, 3 Q, you know? they say late 3Q and they're taking pre-orders, then on, you know, you can buy this at the beginning of Q3 and kind of just let it run up because people will start to catch on and people will have these notes. So it's like a thing where it's like, you know, easy 10, 15%. And then you can keep some for the actual announcement because the only way that the announcement doesn't happen is if it's delayed. So, you know, and if it's already FDA approved, the only way it would be delayed would be a logistical error with the manufacturing company. So, you know, like I said, if you buy at the beginning of Q3, let it run up, lock some profit, you know, just so that you make sure it's not a losing trade. And then on the product drop, you know, it always sees a pop. And if they also announce how much they did in pre-sales, let's say that they did, let's say the market cap's like 100 million, they did like 5 million in sales, that that'll give it a really nice pop. So you got product placements, you got or product drops, you got face your data. And are, are these product drops ever good to buy? You know, whenever they're saying in the middle of quarter three, we'll announce or in the middle of, of this quarter at the end, you know, you see a lot of people sometimes start to lose hope you, in, in the price because it, you know, the middle of Q3, you know, or the middle of May. You know, it was May 15th, it's May 18th. So when exactly is the middle of May, you see the price start to drop. Is there any good time that you could probably scoop up uh, some of these shares that like maybe if you see it dip back to the first part of Q3, that's where you should pick some up towards the end from people losing hope that it would drop at all? Yeah, definitely. So I kind of keep like a, like a note of everything that's supposed to come within the next quarter so especially if they say by the end, then, you know, that tells me that it's coming before the end or, you know, it should come before the end. So at the end of the quarter, I'll go back and look at everything that hasn't announced 
whatever they were supposed to announce. So, you know, like, let's say, you know, ABCD announces, you know, phase three data, you know, then I'll just check that off as it happened. And then the last two weeks of the quarter, I'll go back, review what hasn't had news. And then if I know the company well, I can go from there. And if I don't know the company, I can dig a little bit. And then that's when I can reach out to the investor relations and be like, hey, you know, is this delayed and you guys just haven't told anyone or, you know, what's going on here? And then, you know, if they say like, oh, no, no, we're just working effectively. And as you said, I see a pullback inside the chart or inside the price. That's in, that's like a no brainer. Uh, that's in, that's a low risk to reward. The company hasn't delayed anything. It's just people have gotten bored with it. You know, it's, it's down 10% because people are bored, you know, so that's, that's a pretty easy, easy one. But that's why it's so important to kind of manage positions. Uh, like I saw, I saw someone on Twitter yesterday, they had bought spy calls at like 73 cents. They went down to 40 cents, they doubled up, and then they ended up selling at 68 cents for like a 25% profit or something. You know, that's a really good, that's a really good example of managing your position. So if you buy so if you buy so much at five, it goes down to 350, you know, maybe that's when you double up and then you sell at 490 for like a really good gain. But if you didn't average down or you didn't add more, then you'd still be selling at a loss. And that's why yeah, people, people don't add down. People mm-hmm. don't add lower if they don't have conviction on the trade in the first place because, yeah. you know, they get scared. Yeah, they want to be right right away. And that's why managing your positions have to come in by own support sell some on resistance, buy on support, et cetera, et cetera. An entry, you know, different sized entries, et cetera. You yeah. Know, don't, don't go on at once. But mm-hmm. back, keep, keeping with the whole bio things and even keeping on the whole pullback thing, do you ever like to play the failed data or the delayed product drops? Because you got to think, if you didn't have a position in ONTX, whenever it had that terrible phase three data out of nowhere, went from like a dollar to 27 cents, you know, you saw it bottom out. That would have been a great trade. I mean, it went back up to 75 cents to a dollar a few months ago. I don't know what it's at now. I remember you mentioned it a few times. Hell, it could be at $2 right now. It's 110. It's yeah, 110. Right exactly. Now. So that's a 400% gainer. Uh, if you just noticed, but I mean, that's one of those things I always like to, if, if I see in the morning something drop 60% on bad news, even if it's from $110 to, to 60 or something like that. I still try and play it for a quick bounce, but I mean, do you like to do any of that with bios in particular for, for a long-term swing? Yeah, definitely. Uh, ONTX is actually one that I still kick myself over because they actually, see, the thing about ONTX that, <laughs> that the company didn't explain well is that they actually have a safer drug than what Pfizer's is on the market right now. So it, the only reason that they failed data was because of a little technical error. Um, technically, it failed because it didn't reach success level. But their success level was so high because of like a one-off, like 10 sigma, you know, like great job. Like, hey, listen, like basically a preclinical was so good that reaching that level again was, it, 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 was, it was so hard to do. And so it, it kind of blows my mind because it kind of feels like the system's effed up when the thing being tested is safer than the thing on the market, the product on the market, and yet somehow it still fails. So ONTX, like literally when it was at 40 cents, I'm like kicking myself now because eventually I do think that ONTX does get approved and will have that product on the market, but it's just like, it, it, it takes an understanding of the bios, like EVFM, okay? For instance, like EVFM's down like 
Another offering yesterday. Another offering yesterday, you know? And it's like that one, okay? Like I, I was looking at it 80 cents today and I was like, shoot, like I really want some for a bounce back. Like this thing was trading at 120 yesterday. Uh, like the offering was priced at I think like a dollar or something. You know, like that's like a pretty easy, like 15 to 20% potentially. And then it's like, I just can't do it because I know the company and I know the management, you know? So I think it's really like a case per case basis. Yeah. So I, I think that was another thing I was going to mention is, is if you know the, the company's good, because I mean, we talk about it all the time when it comes to the personality of the stock, there is the personality of the stock from the companies, basically from the company perspective. If one of the job scummy offerings all the time, it's just when you want to stay away from, we all have those do not trades and naked was actually on my do not trade list until just like two weeks ago again, where I played it again, but moving back to kind of the Elon tweets and everything, you know, you're seeing Bitcoin dip to 43K. Uh, we don't have a Bitcoin expert with us today, but um, it is, it is, you know, it, it's weird seeing it drop this much just off of an Elon tweet. And a lot of, I saw some people tweeting, you know, this is a good thing. And it's because of something you say a lot. Did the sentiment change? No. Uh, did anything with the company change now? You know, in is everything else still the same? Yeah. All that happened is Elon Musk said he didn't like it or that Tesla isn't going to accept it, rather. Do you think it's not as big of a deal as that guy's saying? It's funny. I saw a tweet that said something like, these cryptos are just like rich, you know, explicit word uh, laughter or something like like comedy, something like that. And one of the things is that there's so much unknown with crypto. And that's why I don't personally have any is because there's so much unknown. Uh, the other thing is that it, it's all anonymous. So, for instance, like those, uh, the, the pipeline guys, you know, they, they got paid in crypto and nobody will ever be able to find them. You know, things of that nature. And, and I don't necessarily know if that can just be like, okay. Like, I don't know if the government will just be okay with a with a form of payment that anyone can get that's anonymous like like when you think about it okay ev almost everything has a trail except crypto and that's why i think that at some point that has to change or it has to be regulated on some kind of level uh and you know and, and then like i said is that the unknown part of it okay like i understand that a lot of people uh, like, like part of the reason that, that Elon Musk was talking about it was because of the uh, the effect that it has on fossil fuels and stuff. And then people came out. Well, is, is that mining the you yeah. know, mining the Bitcoin? Because, you know, have you ever seen a, a picture of or a video of those big ass like Bitcoin mining facilities, just warehouses full of computers running 24 yeah. seven? Well, see, so. but see, that's the thing is that, uh, see, that's the thing though, is that there's only like, what, 2 million Bitcoins left to be mined or something? Is that? I think, I think there's like eight, there's 21 million available and I believe there are around 18 to 19 million out right now. So I believe that is, that is close enough that we won't get bitched at. Yes. <laughs> and I think, but there's like a long ass time before those are going to be mined. Like, cause of the happening, you know, they, it'll, it'll take a while, but. So, okay, so that, but that's what I mean is that how, are people still like getting into mining or is this just like, or is this just like Elon Musk well, I mean, hiding behind the, the reason? You know what I mean? The higher the price of Bitcoin, because I mean, I think, I think the effectiveness of mining is all based on like the electricity and like the internet and everything, like the price you're paying for that. If the price you're paying for that as you mine, like let's say one one thousandth of a Bitcoin, the price of Bitcoin needs to be higher 
to make it worth your electricity bill. You know what I'm saying? But if Bitcoin was yeah. only 50 bucks, that no one's going to mine Bitcoin because what's the point? You know, it costs yeah. more to pay for the electricity. So that that's... Yeah, I definitely get that. So that's the whole like thing behind it. So, But see, that's why I, I honestly feel like maybe Elon's hiding behind that. I, I don't know. I feel like he's... He the might... thing is, I, I don't think like... Elon definitely did not have to say this. I don't no. think there were hardly any people saying... Dude, Elon, Bitcoin's destroying the planet. Yeah, yeah, Like, yeah. no one was saying that. So him coming out and saying that out of nowhere, I think, is is pretty weird, especially after the whole Dogecoin thing. It's like, he went from being the savior of crypto to, or not the savior, but basically, like, the spokesperson, yeah. the guy getting it out there, to now the, uh, you know, a guy some of them aren't, aren't big fans of. No. No, I mean, it, it, it's funny. He asked, I mean, he definitely asked for this. Uh, he definitely asked for this. Uh, but I think, I think that he probably, I mean, the hate has been ridiculous on, on Elon inside the past. Like, Dude, days. like, you don't, you don't like this. You don't get in front of cult stocks or no cults way. at all, man. And, and crypto, crypto is one of them. And uh, bold, bold move. I'll, I'll give him that, especially because it's like, Bitcoin, Tesla, memes, Elon Musk. Yeah. It's like they're all dude, the the um the Venn diagram of all those is basically a circle. Yeah. You know? So it, it's weird how how fast um they they manage to to cut ties with each other. You know, hopefully hopefully it all it all works out. Check on your laser dyed friends. <laughs> but uh <laughs> You know, I, I guess that, that clears it up for stocks. Um, you know, we did just get back from Houston. Had a lot of fun. What a good time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and what you got on your wrist? Huh? Oh, yeah, dude. A little, yeah, a little ro Rolex. I need to get a That's a, a nice link. one. I need to get a link taken off, man. Just a little, you know. She a little wobbly? Yeah, she a little wobbly. She got the wobble? Yeah. What do you call it? Yeah, no, I mean, we had a great time. It was cool because, I mean, it was just a bunch of us, you know, having a few drinks talking about stocks you know like dude, dude it's weird every everyone always comments like yo where where are the girls at like everyone there is married <laughs> tommy married dave married zach married pj married uh like you know they're gary like long-term relationship <laughs> like it, what do you want us to do man they're not gonna cheat it's also and, it's also like and me and and me and Hugh aren't pulling much so dude we're, I mean, yeah. we're sexy you know, I mean, we're yeah. we're good looking yeah, we're guys. Just, we're, we're with the boys. Yeah, we're the boys. You know, it, it's funny because we do get that question all the time. Like, where the hell are guys? I mean, where are the girls at? And we're like, guys, like, we just enjoy being with the dudes. Like, we don't like we don't want the girls. Like, what do you guys like? We're, we're in, yeah, they're not they're not allowed. It's boys weekend. It's boys weekend. You know, like we're talking. But DM, DM me if you like if you want. Yeah, <laughs> but like we're talking about stocks like the entire time. Yeah, I'm, no, no, dude, that pisses me off. I literally had to be like, yo, it's the weekend. Please stop, guys. Like, this is so annoying. Can yeah. we talk about anything else? We're on the rooftop, and, and it, I think it was uh, I think it was like 8 p.m. or whatever Eastern time. Like the market had officially closed on Friday night, and uh, Dan stands up and he goes, "All right, enough of this shit. It's the weekend." <laughs> and, <laughs> I think Dude, it's crazy oh, for a little bit, man. <laughs> but uh, no, it was good. Houston's always a good time. Um, can't wait to go back. Uh, but yeah, yeah, UFC. Yeah, UFC. Big, big fight guy. Big fight guys now. Yeah, huge, huge. 
Um, yeah, J- Joe Rogan. Oh, yeah, and you got to see Joe Rogan. Yeah, yeah, I got some tips from him. Uh, <laughs> I'm addicted to DMT and elk meat now. Yeah, d- no, so, no way he's natty. I mean, he's freaking huge. No. Hard work, man. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, uh, we, we've enjoyed spending another day, another hour with you. Um, I hope you guys have a good week and you're all green. And uh, we'll see you next time.